Hello and welcome to episode 249 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. What a terrific day of racing we can expect on Saturday when the transferred Grade 1 Clarence House Chase joined a quartet of Grade 2 races at Cheltenham alongside a further three Grade 2 races at Doncaster on the same afternoon. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the weekend's race in action, plus Wally Pyra looks at Sunday's meeting in Hong Kong. Well, Bill, what a change we've got this weekend. The weather's great. The racing is unbelievable. Cheltenham and Doncaster, what a fantastic array of horses we can look forward to on Saturday. Yeah, no one's got anything to moan about now. Uh, there's no all though. Little weather kind of substitute this week. It's the proper stuff. We got a really good card at Cheltenham on Trials Day, and a good supporting card at Donny. So uh, if you're going, great. If you're not, you've got a really good afternoon in front of ITV. I think. Yeah, indeed. Let's start with Cheltenham. We're going to cover the one fifteen together's underway with the cameras there. Uh, two and a half miles. It's a handicap chase. Good field as well. Thirteen runners. I know on your anti-post column. On Wednesday, you put up Il Rodotto up there, Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden, partly owned by Chris Giles, who's a good friend of the podcast. Just a short head second behind Fugitive at Cheltenham last time in a real cracking photo finish. He takes on Excello for Nicky Henderson, Victorino for Venetia Williams, Hitman. There's another Nichols horse in there, um, also owned by a, a group of people, including Sir Alex and Jed Mason, etc. Fred Doned brother, I think, as well. Uh, and easy as that is another Venetia horse. Galore is in there as well. This is a pretty good start for the, the TV cameras, isn't it? Yeah, really good, really good handicap. Um, like you said, I covered it in the Antipost column earlier in the week. Um, went with Il Rodoto in the hope that the Fugitive would go for the Clarence House, which he is doing. So that was the, the plus, but <clears throat> God gives with one hand and takes with the other because Victorino, who I thought was going to Doncaster's, landed in this race. Mm. And, you know, he's a horse I've got a lot of respect for. Um, starting with Il Rodoto, but he's got a career-high mark of 148 to defy. You know, he went up five pounds for that painful um, defeat last time in the December Gold Cup uh, at the hands of Fugitive. Perrin drew 10 lengths clear of Ferrera Bamboo. So the um, form look, look, looks rock solid. You know, he had good horses like Fakir Dairy and Mon Morale in behind. So so the race has substance. And um, you know, Irodoto is just coming to himself. He looks to improved. Um, Harry Cobton jumps into it for the ride. Um, <laughs> lots to like about him. He was just a rock solid each way, but at fives when we put him up on on kind of Tuesday into Wednesday, you know, he's he's he ticks every box. Um <laughs> looking at his opposition, Nick Sello is there at Ascot the day that he won. He's an exciting prospect for the Henderson team. Um, he, he's got a very different test here um, compared to a three-runner affair um, Ascot, and he's taken a fair old white height in the weight for that win, um, mm. but he could be be fast improving, and Hitman's had his win done. So there's, there's horses you respect, but the one I fear most, as I said, is Victorino, who's just um, progressing at a rate of noise. Not, he's only kind of up eight pounds on the back of two grade three wins does seem a bit lenient and um look no, he's dropping in trip that shouldn't be a problem um he's in good form 
seems to handle any ground. Um, yeah, I've just got a feeling that this is this is a fast improving horse. So um, I think it's between the, the pair of them. I'm not going to abandon Il Rodoto, um at this stage, but if you haven't played Il Rodoto, uh and you can get six to one, um, sevens, I think, bet three, six, five, Victorino, there's no way he'll start sevens. Got to be a lot shorter than that. Um, I think he'll start probably close to favouritism, uh, Victorino. So, yeah, I thought seven to one Victorino is probably the bet at this stage, looking at the race fresh. A 150, it is the Cotswold Chase. This is a grade two, just a small field of six over the uh, just shy of three and a quarter miles here at 150. And it's again, Chris Giles has got the favourite with Stay Away Faye, who won the Albert Bartlett at the festival, has come out and won two races since then. Won the Future Stars at Exeter and won the uh, Novice Chaser Grade 2 at Sandown in December. He looks a lovely horse. He's seven years old. Got the tongue tie on again. Harry Copton on board for Paul Nichols. Roald Pagai is in the race for Venetia Williams, who, of course, we saw winning the Betfair Chase, the Grade 1 at Haydock, beating Brave Man's Game quite convincingly. The real whacker loves Cheltenham. Patrick Neville trains us with Sam Twist and Davies on board again for a swashbuckling ride. And the front runner, Ahoy Senor, is back for more. That's all right, Gino, who won the Coral Cup at Newbury, also in the race. This is a cracking contest. Yeah, really good. Only the six of them, really, really good. You've obviously got the, the novice in Stairway Fay and against the old, you know, it's not the old timer in Royal Pagai um, at the top of um, top of the market. Um, you can generally make a case out for any one of the six. That's that's the the fascinating thing about um, a race like this. Normally, you might have a forty to one shot or a twenty five to one shot rag. You, you haven't. You've got Capodanno, Willie Mullins, Mark Walsh. Um, sorry, Paul Townend, Mark Walsh. Um, let's start again. Willie Mullins, Paul Townend. Got there in the end. Got the right combination there. Mark Walsh is at Doncaster, um, but you've got Capodanno down the bottom, who was who was a third to Galloping Deschamps. At Leperstown over Christmas, and you know he's 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 no kind of no hoper in in a race like this, Capadana. Um, I, I I thought this was genuinely really hard. Um, I didn't have a strong view at the beginning of the week when Stay Away Faye was a bigger price. I I was looking towards him, but you know he will hit a flat spot. <laughs> Stamina will come into it, but it's a big answer and novice. Robert guy. I, I liked him, but the ground is drying out. There doesn't look to be loads of rain around, and it's not, as far as I'm aware, they haven't moved the race to Haydock. And, you know, there's not enough to want me to be with Royal Pagai. Um, Real Wacker, you can make a case for, but he's been a bit disappointing. That's all right. Gino's interesting um, on the back of his Coral Gold Cup win. Capadano, I mentioned. Um, I would probably throw a few quid at a hoist in you. He's, he's kind of six to one. You know, he's he's a horse who won the race 12 months ago and on the back of some pretty dismal runs at Aintree and Kempton and there's a couple of dismal runs at Weatherby and Newbury, um, but he had an impossible task um, at Newbury, you know, lumping all that weight round, um, you know, 12 stone in a race like that. Um, he seems to kind of come to his own at the turn of the year in January, and um, yeah, I just thought he was probably the one to be on. A, uh, it's not a strong opinion, but if I had to have bet on the race, I'd probably go with a Hoist and Newer just on, on value grounds, as, as I, I think he's there's no way he should be double the price of the likes of Stairway Fair and Royal, Royal Pagai. 
Ascot's loss is Cheltenham's gain at 2.25, two miles half a furlong for the Clarence House chase, which is the grade one. We've got five runners. John Bond stands his ground, but the uh, Willie Mullins horse that was due to come over doesn't come over. We've added Editor de Sheet in here. John Bond, of course, won the Tingle Creek, being Edward Stone by a couple of lengths in December. Editor de Sheet beat Nuba Negra. In the Desert Orchid, the Grade Two at Kempton, a day after Boxing Day, taking on Alex Dunutz for Joe Tizan. Fugitive, as you mentioned, has come here instead of the other race goes for the Grade One, and Nuba Negra is in the race as well for Dan Skelton. Um, we don't get the big clash, but John Bond's there. He's going to be a short price, though. Isn't there anything to beat him? Well, you never said everyone. everyone thought that an argument was assuring for this 12 months ago and Edward Dajit ended up beating him. Um, if you remember, that was billed as the great match-up between Edward Stone and um, Ed, Ed, um, and Anergamin and it ended up being Edward Dajit's day. Um, so you can, and I think Anergamin was 4-9 to nine that day. So the short ones can get beaten. I mean, Jean Bon looks like he's got a... Um, with Noel Fabiolo here now, it looks like he's got a, a, a relatively straightforward task. He's beaten Eberstone twice this season, hasn't kind of set the world alight on both occasions, um, been heavy odds on to do so. This doesn't, on paper, look the very best of tests. Um, Editor Sheep was good at Kempton last time, and last year's winner, he's, he, he warrants respect, but the market's found him right out. He's six to one second in, so there's, there's not real value... Um, in the matchup, the fugitive steps um, up, and you know they're, they're taking a chance rather than going for the two and a half handicap. Um, they're taking a chance, and he gets going late in those two and a half mile handicaps. And um, I, I'm not too sure he's going to want the drop back in trip and step up in grade. I think that makes life tough for him. Uh, Alexa Donuts is a horse I like, but you know he was he was put in his place at Kempton by Ed Zajit last time. Um, look, it's it's a it's a, a wide open race. Is it a betting race? Probably not. People will want to have a bet. I, I thought just at the prices, I thought Nuba Negra was just a probably overpriced, um, around sixteen to one. Um, look, he's normally best fresh, but he gets the better ground, which is the key to him. And he ran a bit better at Kempton last time, um, as soon as he meets a, a drying surface. And you know, don't forget, if he could return to performance form with the Schlur chase a couple of years ago, he'd be he'd be a player here. Um, you know, the first two runs of the season weren't great, but show, showed a, a bit more last time. Um, yeah, I just thought he was probably not as far off. He's ridden quietly. Um, obviously, no Harry Skelton this week because he's banned, but John Joe steps in for the ride, ride him cold, sit off a, off, off a pace, or sit off the likes of Alexia de Nuts and Edda de Zajit and sit there with Jean Bon. And might, might be the horse to give Jean Bon the most to think about. So I would probably play. Nubra Negra, um, each way at 16s. Uh, and I might even be tempted to put him in a forecast with Jean Bon because he might be there to, to either chase him home or, or, or upset him. But yeah, that's the way I play that. At three o'clock, we've got the Unibet hurdle, which is registered as the international hurdle. It's a grade two, another small field of five here. And a couple of mares at the top of the market. Willie Mullins brings over Rich Rich's Lossy Mouth, multiple grade one winner. She's won the last two at Cheltenham and at Punchestown. Paul Townend on board. Love Envoy, or Love Envoy, depending how you want to call that. She's another 
mare. She's an eight-year-old for Harry Fry, who won a couple of times at Sandown, but just hasn't quite been able to get her nose in front in the big races since then. Chris Child's got another one in this one with Rubo for Paul Nichols' Harry Cobden, who chased um, Constitution Hill, but don't they all? Nine and a half lengths behind on Boxing Day in the Christmas hurdle, the grade one. First straight, guard your dreams in there as well. Couple of mares at the top of the market. Lossy Mouth, she's going to be odds on for this. Yeah, I would have thought she would be odds on. I mean, there was talk about Impera Passe, Impera Pass running in this. Um, he was originally the heavy odds on anti post favourite for it. And then the stable had a kind of U turn. And <laughs> they go for Lossy Mouth or rely on Lossy Mouth instead. Uh, she's she's going to be hard to beat. Look, she she won it, won her two Grade Ones at Cheltenham, and understand last season having kind of had an unlucky defeat. It would have been a Grade One hat trick if if she hadn't been interfered with at Christmas at the Dublin Racing Festival when Gala Marceau beat her. Um, she's very talented. Uh, having her first run of a, of the campaign, will, will she step up and trip and go for the mayor's hurdle? I probably would have thought so. Um, I thought she'd be heavy odds on. Everyone's trying to be clever and find horses to beat her. Love and voir will want softer ground, I would have thought, and further, surely. Rubo is obviously a horse I know well. Um, um, having been involved, obviously, with Rare Edition, who beat him on Boxing Day, he's he's taken his form to a new level since, obviously, and chased home Constitution Hill last time. Um, Paul Eagle said that Charlton wasn't his trap, that's why he didn't go there last year. So that kind of lingers in the back of my mind that he might be a flat flat track horse. So that worries me on about Rubo. Um, <clears throat> First Street is nowhere near the horse he was. And Guard Your Dreams, not, not a token full on hope if he returned one this winner of this in the past, but got a two-year absence to kind of navigate work the way around. I just think Lossy Mouth will win. I, 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 I tried to take her on. I actually thought 10 to 11 was probably quite a fair bet. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be with Lossy Mouth. I think it should be very hard to beat. And the final race we look at at Cheltenham is the Grade 2 Cleave Hurdle, over three miles at 3.35, field of seven. Well, these are all our friends turning up, aren't they? I mean, we've got the 12-year-old Paisley Park. We've got the 11-year-old Dashiell Drasher. The 9-year-old Grand National winner, Noble Yates. Harry Coppins picked up a pretty decent ride there, you'd have to say. We've got Champ, who's 12 years old. Botox has is the youngster at... Eight, even younger, strong leader at seven. Flight decks a ten-year-old, right down at the the bottom of the the betting here. They keep meeting each other, but they keep giving us terrific races to watch. How does the cleave turn out? The funny thing about the cleave is that if there was a veteran stayers category, three of them were qualified for it. So Paisley, Dashiell, Drasher, and Champ would obviously now, you know, two of them in their twelve twelve-year-olds. Um, look, it's a, it's a great. Great contest. Um, we, you know, we've had a number of duels this season already at Newbury and Ascot uh, with these particular horses. And we've got something slightly different. We've got Noble Yates going into the mix here, former Grand National winner, who's supposedly going down the Stayers Hurdle route. Um, it's a funny one, Noble Yates. He's got he's got a cross country entry and a Stayers Hurdle entry, so they can do whatever they want. And Emmett Mullins is pretty um, pretty talented when it comes to comes to that. Um, you know, people speculate. I mean, fun enough, if, if nobody H was to win, um, 25 to 1 for the stairs hurdle isn't the worst bet, is it? But I suppose that's something you take um, 
take your ch- your chance on. Um, <laughs> look, it's a it's a it's it's a good race. Um, I would firmly be in the Paisley Park camp. Um, I've been in this camp a couple of times already this season. Had some painful defeats, being beaten ahead and a short head, um, respectively, at Newbury and um, Ascot behind Crambo last time. Um, you got to remember that he 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 was so close to winning the long walk last time, and and seems to be in almost better form than he was twelve months ago. It's a bit it's a strange one with him because he was beaten behind Gold Tweet last year. Um, in, in, in this race and, and everyone presumed that that was him and obviously was then beaten well behind Cider Burley in the stairs hurdle itself but he just seems to have come back <laughs> this season in better form he, uh, ratings tell you not because he was rated 160 and 161 last year but and he's, he's just running to a mark of 157 apparently this year but he just seems to be in better form um, I don't know what it is but um you know, when you go out to that newbie race, you know, he was he was trying to give six pounds to Dashiell Drescher, meets him here over a track and trip that will suit him more, and um, he's meeting him off levels. So I can't have Dashiell Drescher beating Paisley Park. Noble Yates is doing something completely different. Couldn't have him beating him. Um, so you're then in the realms of who is going to beat him because maybe it'll be champ, but he's got a fair, fair bit of ground to, to make up. Second run back from a wind up. He's probably not the worst shout champ, but... Um, yeah, I just I, I I was looking and Botox has is the ground strong enough. Strong leader's got to put a terrible run behind him. Flight deck they picked up for about four or five grand uh, off John Joe and he's run really well. But I just keep coming back to Paisley Park. I just I, I thought it was the two old boys, Paisley and Champ, were the interesting ones. And I thought you could back them. You probably back them both. Eleven or four Paisley Park and thirteen to two Champ but weren't the worst way to play the race. But you know I, I, I'll stick my colours to one master and I will just go Paisley Park. I thought 11 of all, William Hill, um, three places. I just I can't really see beyond him. I think I think he'll 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 run really well. And um yeah, eleven or four each way is, is, is probably a rock solid rock solid bet. One thing for sure, if you're off to Cheltenham on Saturday, you're gonna have a great day's racing. There's some really nice horses turning out in some competitive races there. So uh, that's the Cheltenham preview. Let's have a look at Doncaster. That have got some really good uh, grade twos there as well. We'll start off with the 205, two miles half a furlong mare's hurdle, small field of six. And we keep reading about trainers wanting to keep their horses apart, but Willie Mullins has brought two over for this race and takes on four others. He's got Ash Road Diamond with Patrick on board. She's by uh, Walk in the Park owned by the Blue Blood Racing Club, behind Tiopu at Fairy House in December in the Grade 1 Hatton's Grace hurdle. She'd uh, previously won at Fairy House in another Grade 1 there in the Honeysuckle Mares, where she'd be what could have been by five lengths. Taking on Gala Marceau, who you mentioned before, was in front of uh, Lossy Mouth uh, recently, well, not recently, but uh, in a recent career. She's owned by Kenny Alexander, and Danny Mullins is on board. She's also won a grade one at Otoy over in France. Taking on Under Control, who's had a wind up, Nikki Henderson in the JP Colours. Say goodbye for the Twist and Davis Yard, first time out for them. And we've got Stainsby Girl and Riccarella in there as well. But Willie's brought two over for this. He's surprised he's taken, well, they're taking each other on. If they both run. I mean, that's that's always the 
Then you've got to remember with Willie, they can sometimes pull one of them out if they wanted to. Um, I, I hope they will both run. And, you know, he's he's running out, like lots of trainers are running out of races to prep their horses for Cheltenham. He was obviously keen for, with both Lossy Mouth and Gala Marceau um, to get runs into them respectively if they head to a race like the um, Mayor's Hurdle. You know, they, they you know, they, they, Kuvega used to go there fresh, but he obviously wants to get runs in um, on, on these ones. I think Astro Diamond's in the mix too. So, um, they'll have to meet on one day anyway, so you might as well spread spread them around. Um, and, and this trip is probably more favourable for the stayers like Gala Marceau and Astro Diamond than it is for Lossy Mouth. He's got the speed to cope potentially with a drop back to two miles. Um, this is this is actually two miles too, but it's two miles two miles and a half of furlong. So um, ideal kind of preps for for these horses. Uh, hugely trappy contest. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Patrick Mullins and Danny Mullins ride against each other again on Stable Mates in a tactical affair where there might not be loads of pace. Um, <laughs> You're a bad man. You're a bad man. <laughs> Danny Mullins win up the, will whiz up the inside of Astro Diamond as they turn in at Donny. Uh, no. But, but um, it's funny, history has a way of repeating itself and this looks like it could be tactical. Stainsby Girl will take him along, but the others will all be sitting there swinging and <laughs> it just makes me smile. The jockey bookings, but um, I think having other knuckles rats or um, Patria <laughs> knuckles rack, I'm sure he'll behave himself here. Um, the market tells you that uh, well, Astro Diamond's favorite five to four, and you get two to one Gala Marso, I presume, because of the penalty. Um, Gala Marso carries 11 8. <laughs> um, we haven't seen Gala Marso since May when, when she won there, impressively. Uh, sometimes be keen first run of the season um, I wasn't blown away by Ashway Diamond first up um, under control of Nicky Henderson's is interesting um, for sure um, had a wind up since since um, since that run at um, Newbury um, that's two bits of wind surgery um, in between one bad run so that has to worry you, but if she returned to the Iberico Lord form, she'd be a big player in this. She she she, she could be really interesting, um, but you're trying to forgive her quite a lot, and that's the only niggling kind of worry that that, that I would have is whether you're trying to give, forgive her too much. Um, look, I I, I was going to go for Gala Marceau on the basis of price, um, a two to one with William Hill. It's a bit of a coin toss between her and Ashro Diamond. Ashro Diamond probably wants a trip. Um, Gala Marceau, um, you know, fresh keen. They might they might decide to go forward with her. I, I just thought Gala Marceau was the value call um, with Danny Mullins, but wouldn't have the strongest of views. Just looking forward to watching the race for more than one reason. It would appear at two forty at Doncaster, three miles half a furlong for the Albert Barlett River Don novices heard the Grade Two. Ten of them going to post. Not quite so famous names. Uh, for the first time on the podcast today, I think you'd have to say, welcome to Cartridge goes for Paul Nichols in the Johnny Delahaye colours. He seems to have a lot of good runners at the moment. This horse won its point to point, was second at Ascot in a maiden hurdle, and then won by six and a half lengths back at Ascot in December. Destroy the evidence goes for Kim Bailey with David Bass on board as usual. Won a couple of races at Kempton and was second at Cheltenham most recently. That was in December. I Love My Bay comes over from Ireland with Dow Jacob in the uh, double green colours. Simon Maneer, Isaac Swade, a winner at Air 
in December, taking on Kerry Hill and Esprit de Portier, etc. The 240 bill, how do you see this? Welcome to Cartres um, is the interesting one. I was at Ascot when um, he was beaten, um, just touched off by a good horse of um, Harry Fry. He's called Beat the Bat. Um, made no mistake, next time Upton Trip, back at the track, uh, well in command. Late on, uh, Stay Away Faye ran in this race last year and got beat. Um, Welcome Cartres is very similar, bit of a big baby. Um, got plenty of class. One, one is point. I just think he might be too good for these. Um, you can get three to one, um, really with hills and sky bet, whatever. I can see the horse starting a lot shorter. Um, destroy the evidence. Probably brings the best bit of form. Does bring the best bit of form. Um, second to Shanahan, Bob. Um, I've just got a problem with Kim Bailey's horses at the moment. I just. Just not firing, and I would I would be worried. I mean, they haven't had a winner, but I'd just be a little bit worried about destroy the evidence. But he won't be far away. Probably, a, you know, brings um, battle hardened horse like destroy the evidence might might be too tough for a welcome to Cartres at this stage of his career. But I just thought uh, I'd side with potential here. I think welcome to Cartres um, could be very nice indeed. And yeah, I, I'd, I'd go with him here. Yeah. And finally, for UK preview, the 3.15 at Doncaster is a three-mile Great Yorkshire handicap chase. Big field here of 18 to go, go to post. Now, famous bridge in the Hemmings Racing Colours goes for Nicky Richards, Sean Quinlan. Keeps winning. He's won about four of his last five races. Keeps going up in the handicap. That is true. But he doesn't win by very far. Wins by a length and a half, a length and a length. So he's gone up from but 128, 129, 135, now up four pounds to 139. He's always battling and he always seems to just do enough, which is great for the owners and the trainer because the handicapper really can't punish him too much. He keeps on winning, famous bridge. He's taken on Sweet World, who comes over from Ireland, from Emmett Mullins Yard. What do we know about him? Well, Bill will tell us. We've got the old favourite, Captain Orr, running here, the 11-year-old for Christian Williams, who's having a bit of a quiet time, I think, at the moment. Forward plan is in there with Surrey Quest as well. And good old Mr. Coffee got cheek pieces on for the first time. Still hasn't won a chase for Nicky Henderson. Uh, but at the top, Bill, famous bridge. Uh, I think you, you tipped him up last time out. He just does enough to keep on winning. And he's going to be pretty hard to keep to stop that sequence, isn't he? Uh, yeah, um, I, th I think he, he he's he's also like. I mean, this is a very different test. Um, he seems to get going, stamina kind of kicks in, and um, this is going to be pretty close to good ground come tomorrow Saturday um, for these horses. And whether that's the test that Famous Bridge ultimately wants I'm, I'm i'm not sure about um this is one of those races the old great yorkshire chase one of, the, one of those races where horses that have no right to win on paper win um or go very close to winning and the ones you expect to run really well don't um and when i previewed uh the race earlier in the week from an anti-post perspective I put up two long shots um, and one of them doesn't run. So that's that's a, a, a kind of frustration all around. Lord Accord doesn't run. I really fancied him, actually, but I don't know why Neil Mulholland didn't declare him, but he wasn't declared. 
Um, but Latitude does run, and we'll talk about him in a second. But my 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 rationale is that you, you get. Um, I think we've had two forty to one shots and a sixteen to one shot in the last three years, and I've been at Cheltenham every time watching it on the screen, thinking, "How's that one? Or how is that? How on earth has that horse won or been involved?" Um, Cooper's Cross last year, uh, classic example, but. <laughs> that that's the kind of I mean he was only a sixteen to one chance but um, you had the kind of Elvis males and the Windsor Avenues um, placed last year um, at huge prices and it's just thinking slightly outside the box um, you know Gar Law and T for Free were in this race and um, T for Free took a bad fall and Gar Law um, obviously looked like he was going to potentially win um, and and took a took a, a nasty fall late on um <clears throat> at the last which was just one, one of those things um i totally get famous bridge sweet wheels a horse who's, who's obviously switched to him at mullins now having been at gav cromwell um you know I, I know some of the team that were involved in in him or owen ryan was involved with him originally and you know here he is he suddenly they got rid of him because they thought he was no good and then suddenly he's now second favorite for a big race like this so that's always frustrating um captain or is a horse who you have to respect connections um christian williams would have plotted this race that sneaks in there off a lovely weight 11 year old but his price is pretty skinny for a stable that can't buy a winner at the moment that that just just puts me off off a tiny bit um so yeah so in terms of of of, of the horse that i i went for here i, I went for latitude you have to go right the way down the bottom. Um, he's still 25 to 1. He was 40 to 1 on Tuesday. But um, my logic with Latitude is that I think he's been, he jumps to his left the whole time. So I'm just desperate for him to go back to a left hand. He's one on right handed tracks, but I was desperate for him to um, go back to a left handed track. Um, really good second at Ludlow. I was at Kempton a few weeks back when he um, was third to Phlegmatic. Um, again, a, a decent run, but he's just in good form. The trip will be fine for him. He sneaks in here a little bit under the radar. Um, I just thought he was just overpriced. He still is overpriced at 25 to 1. I just think he's the kind of horse that can run really well. Um, you know, these firms like Hills are six places, um, 25 to 1. <laughs> you know, um, he should um, go pretty close to to hitting the frame off, off, off that kind of mark. Um, and if there was a another one at a price that could go well, I suppose Anion Invictus might be the, the horse. Um, Chris Gordon's team is, again, an, an, another stable that's been a little bit cold. Um, uh, they did have a horse that was, was just touched off at, at um, Newbury um, uh, earlier in the week, and that probably gives me a bit more confidence in saying that the, the, the stable are about to kind of bounce back. But um, yeah, Anion Invictus is, is an interesting one. Uh, had the pipe opener over hurdles for this a, a few weeks back, but, you know, proper stayer, um, six, six in the old Bet365 behind Kitty's Light, um, the back end of last year, but got bits and pieces of, of, of really nice form, handles good ground, one at Newbury on good ground. Um, yeah, I could just see him running, running well. I thought... Um, 20s was just too big a price um, for Anion Invictus with, with Coral. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd play those two. I'd play Anion Invictus at 20s with Coral um, and I'd play Latitude at kind of general 25s now. That's the way I play that race.
Okay, let's have a look at what's happening on Sunday morning. Charting Racecourse, as usual, big 10 race card. Starts at 5 o'clock UK time. Our racing expert from Hong Kong, Wally Pyra, joins us as usual on the podcast to look ahead to the racing. It's a good competitive card, Wally. And the six furlong Centenary Sprint Cup is a Group 1 at 8.40. There's some great names in there, some famous ones as well. Yes, you're right. It's, it is a good card, you're right. It starts, the unfortunately, the ungodly hour at 5 o'clock, but we should all be up. Um, at least having breakfast or a cup of tea on Sunday morning at 8.05 to be able to watch um, the Group 1 Centenary Sprint Trophy. I mean, this is it's hot on the heels of last Sunday's Group 1 Stewards' Cup, so they're getting the big races are all starting up in Hong Kong now. It's also, it's, it's an aside, but it's the, it's the first leg of the Hong Kong Speed Series, which includes this race. Then it goes on to the Queen Silver Jubilee Cup over seven furlongs in March. And finally, the all-important Group 1 Chairman Sprint in April. It was won, all those three races were won by Lucky Swainess last year, who is takes centre stage again on Sunday. He's the highest-rated sprinter in the world. He's won 15 of his 21 starts in the city, including four Group 1s. And really and truly, it would be unfathomable to think that he's going to get beat on Sunday. I mean, the, the international and local handicappers have him between 7 to £9 pounds in front of his nearest rival, uh, Wellington, who unfortunately himself has seen the backside of Lucky Swainess in his last six races in Hong Kong. I know, I, I know you say he's been beaten seven times at um, Wellington, but one of them was at the uh, at Royal Ascot last June. The tw- his 12 rivals, I mean, they really do have a mountain to climb to dethrone this horse. Let's have a look at the opposition. It's well worth having a look at the opposition. There is a bit of a glimmer of hope for lots of supporters of Wellington. He's trained by Jamie Richard, who took over from Richard Gibson when Gibson retired at the end of last season. Richard Stable had been out of form, hadn't been firing too well, but over the last couple of weeks, the Stable have started to hit form. He had a double at uh, Chartin on Wednesday and the horse produced a nice winning trial recently. So it gives a little bit of glimmer of hope to the fans and supporters of Wellington. You've then got Victor, the winner. I mean, he did in the front, well, I say he's a front runner. He did beat Lucky Swainess at the first meeting of the new season. Um, But... He receives twenty. He received twenty pound in that race, and in this contest, he runs off level level weight. You've then got Courier Wonder. I mean, it was an old favourite of yours, this Chris. Once rated the next winged horse, Pegasus, when mm-hmm. he won his first, when he won his first five races for John Size, but he's not had another win in fifteen subsequent starts. Now trained by Mark Newnham. He's brought him along slowly. He says he's improving race by race, but really and truly, it's difficult to foresee him beating the champ. Um, 
I, I look, well, I look down the card, you've got packing treadmill. Now, this is trained by, um, sorry, ridden by the female riding sensation, Jamie Carr, who's come over from Australia to ride this horse. Three-time champion jockey in Australia, she is. And she's no stranger to Hong Kong, notably when she won on uh, Voyage Bubble in the Hong Kong Classic Mile uh, last season. So it's interesting that she's come over to ride this horse. Obviously, she's got other rides on the card, but she's come over primarily to ride this this horse. Will be a big price, but it's interesting that she rides it. You've then got the old campaigner, Duke Y. I have to say that I did fancy Duke Y last start over five furlongs. It was obviously too short, got outpaced and then ran on strongly in the closing stages. But this horse is always likely to pop up at a big price. When I say pop up, I'm not going to say it's going to win, but it's always likely to pop up and it should be a big price. And then you've got this horse, Lucky With You, trained by Pierre N. Leading trainer's got 45 winners and 14 winners in front of his nearest pursuer in the championship, the trainer's championship. What I, 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 was it a fluke when he dashed home behind Lucky Swainus last start? I mean, he did the fastest closing sectional in that race. Um, it was only beaten, what was it, three quarters of a length, but Burton had sat down and didn't need to ride close home. But nevertheless, it was a career best by the horse. He subsequently, he's worked well again behind Lucky Swainus in a trial. Um, and he just, to me, he looks like he's improving. I know that the Frankie Law stable are qu quietly confident, not of winning, but are quietly confident this horse has proved out of all recognition and he's going to run another big race. So to me personally, you can't back the favourite. The favourite will start between, I don't know, fives, fives on, five to one on. So you can't have a bet in the race. It's a, it's a great spectacle to watch. But if, if I was going to play in each way, playing it, I'd probably go with the... Uh, lucky with you with Andrea Atzini, who's, who's riding out of his skin at the moment. He's, I mean, he's already had 23 winners this season since he joined the jockey ranks over in Hong Kong. I think he's lying fifth in the jockey's table. He's riding well. So maybe that would be my each way play in the race. Now, looking on the, just on the uh, support card, was interesting that Purton missed gave up four rides on the all-weather card at Sha Tin on Wednesday, um, said he was light-headed. I would have said he was because he was freezing cold because he don't like the cold weather hurting. Um, but he was never going to give up his rides on Sunday, as always. I mean, he's got a host of winning chances with the likes of and highlighting a couple of his horses. Nichol, Nicholson returns in the opener over 10 furlongs at 5 o'clock. Celtic times or Celtic times for trainer Cody Moe. This horse looks close to a win now. And he runs in the seventh furlong handicap at 6.30. Gorgeous win. Now, gorgeous win should go one better after finishing second last start to one of John Size's horses that had all the favours in that race. 
Uh, gorgeous win. It runs in this six furlong handicap over 8.05. The only thing I would just say to listeners is that what worries me a little bit is the form of Danny Shum's stable. It seemed to have been in the doldrums over the last few weeks. He's only had one winner out of his last last 53 runners. So that gives you just a little bit of trepidation if you were going to step in and bet big on gorgeous win. Should win and maybe the horse to change the fortune for the yard. But just remember that. And, of course, Burton, we're forgetting. We can't forget. And he also rides Lucky Swainers. So you can see that Burton will be certainly 100% when he when he, he arrives at the track on, on Sunday. Finally, I like this race, this one-mile handicap at 9.15. You, let's have a look at the runners. You've got Pertley, he's aboard the consistent top weight, sweet encounter. Then you've got a couple of bottom horses at the bottom of the handicap. Flamingo Trillion, who's been running well in his last few races. And a horse called Starmac, who I fancied last start, but still looked as if he needed more experience in that race when he was seventh to Fallon. He's obviously got a big engine and he, and he, Certainly could run well with the bucket of Caris Teton catching the eye. You then got horses like Golden Arty, but most notably is Flagship Warrior. Now, the reason I like, like the look of this horse, he's very, very talented, but equally he's very frustrating. Um, he won on his debut carrying top weight last season over six furlongs in December. Great expectations, but then it suddenly went all downhill and never materialised. I mean, he was even, he even ran in the Hong Kong derby and was disappointing. But unfortunately for poor old David Hayes, who was trying his best with him, the owners like they don't mess about, and he was transferred to Casper Founds Yard in June. Now, Founds has brought this horse along quite quietly to me, including a few runs over inadequate trips, the seven furlong trips. He needs much further. Um, he did perform very well on Boxing Day. He produced an encouraging performance in that race in a hot uh, handicap won by Chan Cheng Prince who had won three or four times already this season. What I liked about that performance was that he was short on his preparation. He hadn't had a full preparation for that contest, but he looked like he was going to win at the furlong mark with Bowman. Bowman bought him right from the back. He moved up just off the lead at the furlong marker, and then his condition petered out in the closing stages. Since then... He's had four searching gallops in preparation for this race. Bowman's back on board him again. He's now got a, de a pretty decent draw in six. I believe that this horse is going to bigger run a big race on Sunday, and I think he will go very close. So there we are. Looks good for Lucky Swainess. Um, hopefully he will confirm his position as the top uh, Hong Kong sprinter can expect a good run from Lucky with you, and I do think the flagship warrior is worth looking at in the nine fifteen.
Thanks, Wally. Looks like we've got a good, interesting card at Shartin Racecourse on Sunday morning. Starts at 5 o'clock UK time. You can watch it live on Sky Sports Racing in the UK. Well, that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure that you join us then. Don't forget you can visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Can't wait for a really good racing day on Saturday. Hope you find a few winners. Bye for now.